now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey everybody, it is so cold this morning in Tennessee, I am not even capable of saying the word synonymous. I tried twice in this interview and I think there's ice stuck to the roof of my mouth. Anyway, let's get into it today. What have I got for you? I have a New Jersey brother with me today. I am so happy to have this gentleman on to interview him because he's discovered something that is so valuable to people that it's very hard to describe, but you're gonna find out in the next few minutes what it's all about. Where is that happy gene that has been so elusive in my life? Well, this man's gonna tell us because he's discovered that when a person has the life they have always wanted and they are still not happy, it's time to look within and see why this is. What he has come to understand is nothing new, but it is at such a practical level that anyone who thinks they are not getting the most out of their life will be able to understand it. It's the author of It's Monday Only in Your Mind. Ladies and gentlemen, strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution with Michael Kupo. Excellent. Michael, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Great for you to sh- show up and share with us uh, your stories about your book and about your life and what's going on with you. So I want to first uh, first off just commend you on writing a book. I know how difficult and challenging that is, and it, it, I'm sure it took a little bit out of your life, but probably gave you a whole lot more back. So uh, why don't we start with um, you know, talking about It's Monday only in your mind tell us a story about this well i i i had addiction problems when i was young and i was 28 when i stopped drinking alcohol and using um drugs so life was good my life progressed in the normal fashion i I got a job i'm still at the same job Uh, 31 years later uh, i met my wife married kids you know, the whole thing, you know, except the, the pet and the white picket fence. But for the most part, on the surface, my life was great. Now, it was 18 years since my last drink, and I found um, I got addicted to pain medication. So it was for a gallbladder operation, but I had to ask myself, like, okay, now I, I had an education, so I knew about addiction and everything, but I, I had to get off of this medication. I was actually passing a wedding and my children were 15 and 13 at the time. And I asked myself a question like, okay, how am I going to be there for them if I don't get off this medication? So that started a process of looking inward. And that's where my true journey began. You know, where I thought it, it began when I put down the drink per se, it really began when I started looking inward. So all those years, although on the surface my life got better, I never changed. So the reason why a person gets addicted to anything is because the inward tells you to reach for something. You need something for your completeness. There's a, it's called, some people call it a void, an emptiness, whatever it's called, but you're trying to fill something up. So what happened was, is I was filling it up with stuff per se, and never really looking at myself. And once I started that, 
I really started seeing things in a different way. And um, it really, like, it, it was mind-blowing because it, it, it gave me a peace that I never had before. It gave me an understanding that I had never had before. It was almost like I had the cart before the horse all this time. And, I, and although it's, it's not a bad thing, what I was doing by, by getting my life back together, there wasn't a true change. There wasn't a true transformation. So I was the same person who drank, except I wasn't drinking. So there was a lot of uh, anger issues and things like that. Anger, to, you know, not, I was never physically violent or anything, but anger where I would just lash out, reacting to things in a way that I didn't even understand why. You know, I didn't understand my life, basically, right. why I would do things, you know. Was there a pivotal point in your life where you, uh, something happened to trigger you looking somewhere other than, than all the normal places, which is drugs, alcohol, um, any, anything is like an escape. Some people choose exercise or TV or whatever it is just to get away from themselves. It's like we always want to get away from ourselves, it seems. Was there some pivotal moment in your life that where you just transformed and said, I have to, I have to find something? Was it a person? Was it an event that triggered this for you to look inside rather than outside? Well, that was, that was 12 years ago. And, and the, like I said, the event was when I passed that way. And, and how am I going to be there for my kids? Yeah. That was probably the first time in my life that I truly thought of someone else. Because that's the nature of, I don't want to say addiction, but that's the nature of, of our human condition is selfishness is always thinking about ourselves, always about me getting ahead and this and that, you know, my family, my this, my that, always that my, my, me, 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 my, 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 my. And that was, was the opening to me, that was the opening that started it all because it, it was no longer, um, you know, by me looking at myself, one of the things that made me do it also was because my life was exactly how I wanted it, it made me ask a question too, like, uh, what am I missing? Like, it's not like my life was a mess or anything. My life was perfect. And yet I was still had that void, that emptiness. And, and that along with, with, you know, looking for, um, looking at like my children and how am I going to be there for them is what really made me start to investigate and look inward. You know, it, it, it's one thing if your life's a mess, then, then you can kind of blame life. But I right. had nothing to blame. I had nowhere else to look, you know, and that's what really turned the cards also to, for me to start looking inward. You, know? I, you were you were one of uh, six kids, so I know what that's about. Um, how was your experience growing up um, before you recognized, you know, that this was this was coming up in your life? Um, how was it growing up in a big family? Oh, I, there was a lot of love yeah. in, in my family. There was a lot of a lot of chaos, <laughs> you know, because of a big family. But yeah. there was all love. There was nothing crazy or anything. 
Right. Uh, to all the brothers and and um, the a pivotal thing for me was when I was twenty six. It it always just seemed like I just was destined to drink and use drugs. I mean, it's just whatever was inside me, the emptiness, the the void that was inside me is what made me really uh, wait my turn. And when I was 13, I started dabbling and, and it just progressed as I got older. But when I was 26, I had a, my oldest brother died from uh, addiction. Oh, wow. And I'm so sorry. his aorta vein burst, you know. Oh. And um, what happened was is it kind of forced my parents to do something with me. They said, look, we buried one son. We're not going to watch another one die. So either you straighten up or you get out. Yeah. And that started the process of me at least looking at my drug use and, and you know, alcohol use. And that was a two-year process before I finally said, you know what, this really is a problem. I'm done. But that was through much experimentation, and, and I didn't want to change. And that's what the hard part is, is even though, and this is, you know, I understand this now. I didn't understand it at the time. But you think it's something outside of you creating this, but it's your own mind. Your own, my own mind was telling me that drugs and alcohol was my solution. Yeah. And that's insanity, you know? Right. That's the insanity of, of the conditioned mind. And uh, that started the process of me looking at myself. Uh, and then when two years later, when I was 28, I, I said, all right, I had enough. And, and I, I stopped drinking and, and using uh, drugs. How were the rest of your, like, are there, do you have you, all brothers or is it brothers and sisters? I have, I have two younger sisters, two younger sisters, a younger brother and an older brother. Okay. So, so they were, I'm sure, very supportive of what you were trying to accomplish. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's important. Um, but, but it seems like, you know, we do that and we get into that trap of it's just, I, I guess it's just covering up the hurt, right? It's just like there's something, or like you say, the void, there's something missing that I can't seem to get my fingers around. What is this? So I'll just have another drink. And right, maybe right. that just pushes it away. Um, well, whatever, of, whatever you use, you know, whatever, yeah. like you said, one of the things that, and it's in my book, that we're all addicts. We just use different things. Yeah. Society just addresses the ones that are devastating. But but the person who uses uh, success, they don't look at that. But it's just as as uh, binding as any, any other substance or yeah. anything that you use. Any one of my, my biggest discovery was it's the reaching that has to be looked at. That's the conditioning. What are you reaching for? If you can't be, just be with yourself without needing to reach for something, that's the question, why, you know? Right, right, and it, it's it's the same question that's been going on for since man was created, I think, is we're always searching for that in the last place we look, as you pointed out, is inside ourselves. You know, it's right. like some other elusive element, and people do all sorts of addictions, not just drinking and drugs. It's uh, working out and work, work itself. A lot of people hide from the world and just immerse themselves in work, and that's, right, that's right. another way, and not don't, just don't really know how to, you know, be happy 
for the sake of being happy. One of my one of my favorite lines is you become distracted by the distractions that distract you. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of an author named Vernon Howard? I I haven't. Yeah, he's because because I pulled his book out because um, I've read most all of his work and he's a, uh, you know he's um, he's this uh, philosopher American philosopher who writes very very clearly um, and he reminds me of, of the way you write and the way you explain yourself and uh, you know he goes into a whole thing the authentic answer to worry and he goes into why people suffer and uh, there's a lot of parallels to the way you mm-hmm. approach. Um, your philosophy. So I see some parallel, parallel paradigms in here of, of both of your work. Tell me about the book and then like when, Michael, did you decide like you, like what was the, um, I kind of have a feeling I know why you wrote the book, but can you describe what was going through your mind and when this occurred to you that you would write this book in an effort to help others? Yeah, well, well, what happened was, was, like I said, 12 years ago, is is when I started looking inward and I really wasn't uh, looking to write a book or to help others or anything like that all I wanted to do was find what I was missing find peace I wanted to be at peace that was the main goal in my life was to, to somehow discover what is keeping me from my peace yeah. and when I started reading and I read like I would say roughly about 30 books in a two-year period, all kinds of different philosophers and, and different spiritual people who came before us, the Buddha, uh, Buddhism, uh, Christianity, Jesus' teachings, Hinduism. And for me, what they all pointed to was my mind, my own mind, the way I became conditioned. And it became very clear to me that if I didn't gain some kind of control over my thoughts, over my mind, that I wasn't going to make it. And I don't mean the thoughts first coming in, but allowing them to control me. You know, a thought is energy. It comes into your head, and what you do with it from there determines your life. Right. You know, so what happened was is I, I was discovering this stuff, and I was seeing it in my own life, and I was like, wow. And I would talk to people about it, and people would say, wow, I never looked at it like that. Nobody ever told me I was crazy. Yeah. They would say, I never looked at it like that. So I knew I tapped into something, mostly not because of what other people were telling me, but because I had a peace inside me that I never had before. And what happened was is one day we were at work, and it's, we didn't get a bonus that we were supposed to get, and everybody was complaining. And, and you know, they said, well, what about you? And I said, well... I really, there's nothing I can really do about it. So, you know, I'm just going to move on. And they just, you know, just dismissed me and continued on complaining. So at that, that night, I remember I said, you know what, it's time to start writing. And I just started writing because it was all in my head already. And actually the the title of the book came from a woman in, in the gym that I go to. I said, "Uh, good morning. How are you? And, an automatic response was, you know, it's Monday. I right. said, oh, okay. And I said, well, I'll try to make the best of it. And as I was walking back to the locker, I had a lot written down from the book already. I was looking for a title. And um, I said, wow, that was such an automatic response. 
They said, it's like it's Monday, you have to suffer. You know, and that goes to the old thing, you know, Monday, then Wednesday's hump day, and then Friday, yay! You know? Right, yeah. And I said, it's just like any other day, though, Monday. It's all in your head. It's You put the label, the labels that we apply to things destroy us. They keep us entrapped to our suffering. Yeah. That's what the conditioned mind is. It labels. It's always looking for pleasure. There's so many there's so many things that I discovered. It was like, wow, you know what? The, I, I actually had to ask myself, okay, what do I do with all this information? I can't keep it inside me. So I said, well, you know what? I have to give it away. I, it was almost like I had to do it, you know. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing for me to become an author. I, I never wrote anything in my life. Nobody's more surprised than a name on that book than me, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it was. It was bold and brave of you to do it. Um, getting back to the Monday thing, I had a young artist uh, on my show recently, singer songwriter, really great guy. He's from Philly and 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 South Jersey. I think he lives in Philly now. And and we started talking about the Monday syndrome. And I said, look, that's left over from, and I remember Catholic school looking at that big clock, you know, and it was like tick, 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 and you watch that yeah. thing. And it, it was like this conditioning of like Sunday nights. He said he started getting like really depressed. And I said, I think that's left over from school. And as he began to ponder on it, he, he goes, yeah, you know, you're right. He goes, I used to dread school because he had a really tough time growing up. And I had my moments, too, um, growing up in, in some challenging environments. So I think a lot of that is, is conditioning built into us, and we're just, we just we accept it and just don't even question it. it just, and it's like you said, it's not Monday. It's not the day. It's the way we think about it. And um, so you're bringing something to light that has a lot of value for many, many people. Do you ever get a chance to go out and... Um, and go to groups and speak to people about your book and what you what you've done, and um, you know, get get in front of people who really need this in a bigger way. Well, I I did in the beginning. I pushed a lot in the beginning. Yeah, and um, it, unfortunately, when you're an unknown author, right? I mean, it, it's very difficult. I mean, I I would have you know, I would put things out there, and two people would show up. Yeah, right. Now, I would say that those are the two people that needed it and yeah. all that, but, but you're not really going to continue to do that. And it just didn't seem, nobody knows who Michael Kubo is, you know? So right. it, it just never has caught on. Social media has been a very, very good thing for me because it, it has really connected me with people. Now I, I talk to people and on the phone from all over the world. Right. Through Facebook Messenger, it's free. It's a free app, so it's really good. You know? Yeah, so things like that. I mean, and and I do. It's not like I don't do anything, but one of the things that I had to look at is I had to look at myself and say, okay, so if if you if if you touch a million people and or if um, somebody gives you a million dollars, say. And says, "Look, I want you to write another book, and it becomes your number one bestseller. What really changes? And I, I don't change. The inner person doesn't change unless you let the ego take over. Right. 
And it was really very valuable to me because it allowed me to remain at peace through this whole process. That it's the process that's important, not the destination. And that's kind of like what I was doing, trying to put a destination on it. Like, it almost like society has to validate my book being a good book. And once I let all that go, it, it was beautiful. Yeah. It, it really is. You know, it, it, it's freedom. It's freedom. I allow my book to go where it goes. It's not even about my book. It's more so my writings. I have written an article, over 2,000 articles. And I've written, I mean, I think my WordPress thing says like 1,988 consecutive days of writing an article. Right. That's great. That's really awesome. And it's just what I do. I'm, a, I'm an artist who writes. You yeah. Know, no different than... Somebody who paints or writes music. I mean, I played around and wrote a few songs, words to songs already written and things like that. But it's fun. It's, it's enjoyable and it, and it helps people. That's the main thing. You know? Yeah. It points out something that people don't really take the time to look at. Most people are stuck in the, the out there syndrome. Right. And all I am is a pointer. And I point people to look inward. You must have had you must have had a couple of um, really interesting moments of when somebody maybe at work perhaps came up to you and approached you, and the book had an influence on them, um, or or just somebody arbitrarily coming up or calling you, reaching out, and telling you about the impact and the difference it made in their life. Can you share any of those stories? Well, there's there's a lot, really. But yeah. the one in particular was is I, I had a little fender bender in my town, and the the woman insisted on calling the cop. And, and when the officer came, uh, he he said to me, there was really nothing to report. But he said to me, hey, could you hang out a second, you know, after she leaves? I'm saying, I won't wonder what this is about. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. when, when, when she left and... and uh, he brought me over to the car. My book was on, on his front seat. <laughs> See, you underscored my point. That's what I was. Yes. So that's amazing. It was wild. <laughs> he said, "You can't imagine how this book." He said, "I've read many books." He said, "He said your book has really changed the way that that I, I see things." And he wanted me to sign it. So right, it was pretty cool, though. You know, that's awesome. That, that's really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the type of thing that. Uh, you know, when you get that, you're not looking for praise, but it's nice to be validated for like your thought process to say, you know, I, I thought of this for, you know, selflessness, you know, reasons to help people, not just for myself, but um, and then out of the blue, somebody comes and says, hey, you know, you have no idea how you impacted um, my my thoughts because your book was there to help serve me in a bigger way than I ever imagined. You know, so that's that's got to be so cool. Oh, it, it, this whole process has been has been unbelievable. Yeah, the the love that I get from people, it, it happens all the time. You know, not every day, but it happens where somebody will talk to me. And my whole thing is to to not to tell anybody what to do, but to point out what the conditioned mind is. See, most people don't understand what the conditioned mind is. So if you don't know, and I don't want to say it like it's your enemy but if you don't know your enemy you can't defeat it. it's impossible yeah i mean your own weaknesses are are destroying them. you know that's how just the design of the way humanity 
has evolved, you know? Yeah. I often say, what I present to people is the next step in the evolution process, where you don't need to reach for anything, and you're okay with who you are just the way you are, just as it is. Right. You're not looking to change what's happening. And once you, you can start understanding what the conditioned mind is, I mean, I have people all the time who, like, touch me on Facebook, and I'll say, you want to talk? We talk. And you can actually see in their responses now that they change. They get it. Yeah. Because it's your own conditioning that your own mind tells you to do something, and the same mind questions why it was done. Yeah. That's insane, you know? Right. It, once you can start looking at yourself and understanding that it's you, you know, that it's your own mind. I have met the enemy, and it is me. When I said that to myself, it was like one of the biggest awakening, thing, you know, epiphanies I had. Yeah. It was like, wow, you know, it's no longer blaming the world. Well, we have a way of, um, you know, we have a herd mentality. Like human beings just like roll with whatever is going on. You know, case in point, look what happened to the tattoo artistry in the last 20 years. It's gone, it's gone crazy. You know, it's just like, and it's like, it's almost like a competition out there that I can't get enough ink on my body to outdo my friend. You know what I mean? Um, I just did a Facebook Live the other day and I, I started getting up on my soapbox and preaching to other musicians about, I opened it with, um, stop drinking on stage. <laughs> and, and my point was this, it's like, you know, somewhere it got all confused where, you know, drinking and entertaining became synonymous. I can't even talk properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know right. what I'm saying. It's like, wait, they're, they're two independent things. Like the guy who just came back from Los Angeles on his business trip, he came out to hear you play, and he's not here to drink with you. So, you, you know, what are you doing drinking on stage? You, you built up this great brand only to tear it down by hanging out with drinks in your hand. You know, you got 24 hours in the day if you need to drink. You can't stop for two hours. So I guess I was trying to make a point that um, you should be more um, focused on the thing that you worked so hard for. Like, you know, you put hours and years and in some case decades into your music and then you're tearing down the currency of it by just saying, well, I'm just hanging out with a drink, you know, like it's so casual. So... Um, I think we need to like like again. It's it's living from the inside out, not from the outside in. And like you know, what are you supposed to be paying attention to? And um, you know, all of that gets caught up in. If you start doing that, it becomes like, well, wait a minute. If you came in and you started drinking, like you got your stuff set up, and then you went right to the bar, and then you're on stage drinking, and then what about after the performance? So when does it? When does it end? You know, it becomes, right, right. it almost becomes like it, it, it locks you in and then it owns you, you know, so you, yeah, don't, you, know, well, you don't have a choice anymore, it seems, you know. Well, you don't. At that point, you don't. Yeah. And one of, uh, in my book, I, I often refer to uh, the conditioned mind as being the puppet on a string. Yeah. People are puppets on a string. They have no idea what is going on with them. They have, these artists have these talents. They have the musicians, especially when, and I'm only saying this for myself, but, but what happened to me happened. It right. wasn't any doing of mine. 
Yeah. I must have always had this ability there, but it was blocked out. People have these talents, and they think it's them. And they're born with these gifts. Yeah. And they use them selfishly because they don't understand what these gifts are. They don't understand the value of music isn't in the music. The value of music is people love music so much is because it puts you in the present moment. You can't listen to a song in the past or future. Right. When you listen to a note, it's being played right there. That's the value of what music is. That's the value of chance and meditation. It puts you in the present moment. The more that you can spend your life in the present moment, the more at peace you're going to be. The more that the universe could use you, the more love that you spread out into the world. Right. You know, if, if, if you really listen to the, the, a lot of the music that's, that's made, it, it all has to do with love, relationships, love, and sure. you know, bettering your life and, and humanity. And that's the creativity of what happened to me was is when, when I started becoming present because that's what the whole tie in it is. Stop allowing your mind to control you and live in the past and future. Once you understand that, that the conditioning, that's, that's the only place the conditioning can live is in the past and future. Once you can understand that, you can start keeping your head where your feet are. Right. And, and then things will happen to you that aren't really of your own making. I mean, that's what happened. I was not a writer, and now I'm a writer. Yeah. It's crazy. It blows me away. Yeah, well, it's fabulous. I mean, especially, you know, the, the highlight of this reel is the police officer saying, hey, hang around. I want a signature on the book. Yeah, and it's yeah. in his patrol car. I mean, that, that is just, I mean, that's the best. Those are the best kind of compliments. You know, yeah. that you get from when you just don't expect it. It's it's not that you're looking for, you know, to be glorified or something like that, but to be acknowledged and to know that you made a difference in your work and sharing what your, um, you know, your thought process is with somebody and they get it, you know, and they, they've yeah. actually changed. changed that's, what you're gonna be, that's what you're going to leave behind. You're going to yeah. leave behind the, the people that you touch. Yeah. All the money you have, all the fame, I don't care if you write 10 books, that means nothing. Right. The people that you touch, the ones that change for, for the betterment of humanity because of you, because you, that's what happened to me. I'm only the instrument. Yeah. It's, 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 one, it's beautiful because you, see, because I understand when somebody gets it, the freedom that they have. Because yeah. that's what happened to me. It, it's it's unbelievable. You know, you put on the TV, you watch all this nonsense, all the news and all that stuff. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's all bondage. It's 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 just all... You know, it's crazy because um, I was just telling somebody recently, I recently moved to Tennessee and I'm, I'm right in the Nashville area. So I've been here since the beginning of August and I have this beautiful 55-inch Panasonic high-def plasma TV, and it's still over in the corner with a, with a moving blanket on it. Yeah. I, I haven't put it up yet. As a matter of fact, I called up the service, you know, when they put in my, my stuff, and I said, you know, I've been paying for the TV for three months. Take it off the bill. I'm not, I'm just having, it's the last thing on my list. Right. And, to, and just to underscore what you said is, you know, I, I kind of like, 
if I go out for a sandwich or something, I catch up on my TV there and, you know, I see sports or whatever. But you're right. It holds you hostage. And yes. 95% of what you're watching is not good for your mind. No. You know, it's just there's no food for thought. There's no stimulation. There's very little inspiration, depending on what you watch. Of course, there are shows out there. But, you know, watching the news is very, very debilitating to to your, your you know, your self-worth, I think. So there's, well, it's all distractions. Yeah, it is. To your point, what I mean, really, to, to to get down to the the beginning stages of of why humanity has developed as they have is because when you're born, you're you're it's the attachment to I that causes everything. You're given a name. You you can't be called five billion four hundred thirty three thousand nine hundred thirty six. So you're given a name. You spend the rest of your life identifying that name with right. job, marital status, social status, this, that, likes, dislikes. And you don't understand. You, you miss the process of what is what humanity, what our existence really is about. You know, in the Bible, they talk about, I'm not a Bible thumper or anything like that, but in the Bible, they talk about be becoming like little children because you're innocent at that point. You're, you don't have all this conditioning. The older you get, the more conditioning you have, the more of a puppet you become. Right. And and society is the puppeteer. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You know, capitalism. Look at look at they spend billions of dollars on on um, advertisement because they know exactly where to hit. You know, the presidents have the speeches made. They know the keywords to use and all that. It's all it's it's all nonsense. It's all farce. It's a scary it really science, is. is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It. it you know. And and what happens is that as you attach to this eye more and more. You you lose your true essence. You lose who you truly are in the process, and you start more and more looking for your answers outside yourself. Very few people. It's nobody's fault. It's not a fault. It's just the way that humanity has designed itself. You know. Yeah. And we look at all our for all our answers outside ourselves. Yeah. And 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 it's always I at the core of it. Nobody makes a decision. Talk about you musicians who are on stage, their eye is telling them to drink. Yeah. That's the conditioning. Their eye. If because they're not in touch with their true essence, that they don't need that album. Right. But but try to you know, try to take away people from from their choice per se. And it's not really a choice. And, you know, they they, <laughs> they put up a fight and a stink, you know, well, this is what I wanted to know. It's not. Most people have no no inkling at all of how controlled they are by yeah. I, by that attachment. That is know? very true. That is very true. You don't know what you don't know. And, uh, right, right, and, exactly. and like what I was trying to get to with the TV thing is like we need to like once in a while just disappear from like, it, you know, for me, nature does it, you know, getting out in the woods where it's quiet um, and just you know, just be away from all of the craziness. It helps you, like, recenter yourself. And yourself. you know why? And I wrote a, I wrote, wrote an article. Uh, and you know why that is? Because it puts you in the present moment. Yeah. You can't look at a tree in the past or future. Right. You're there. Yeah. You're there in nature. I love the beach. 
because I can't look at a past or future wave. Yeah, it's there. That's right. See, that's that's the tie-in with everything. Is the more that you can develop tools that allow you to be present. Yeah. That, because let's face it, your body is always in the present moment. Yeah. Always, your mind is all over the place. Right. But the so if you can, when you develop your body as an anchor. What, what you're doing is, is you're putting yourself in harmony with life, with universal energy. You're, this is not m magic or anything. This is practical. Yeah. This is what I've done, and this is, this is what I do. It doesn't mean the mind won't wander, but, but what it is, is is when you start sitting and you develop discipline, as the mind wanders, you bring it back. You bring it back. And... and the only difference between me and anybody else is, is I have an awareness of yeah. my condition of mind. It's the power of self-awareness, and yeah. you know, people don't it, it know how goes, to practice that. Yeah, and it goes it goes where it goes, and then I bring it back. Yeah, where before I didn't have tools to bring it back. Yeah, back, it back into the body because why? Because this is this right now, man. You're talking. This is life. This is our existence. Yeah, it's an There's nothing it's an, outside of this. Right? It's an ongoing practice that people need to know that it's there, and then you have to develop it and work at it, you know. And then once you right. once you get on the path, you'll want more and more of that because the most successful people um, are the ones who are most self aware. And I say that successfully, meaning not just in a monetary way or you know you've got trillions of dollars or anything like that. Successful meaning you're so connected to your happiness that. You could be in a prison or you could be in a palace and you still feel the same. Now, right. It's a living right. a fulfilled life. Right. That's you know? the key. Yeah. Because it, 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 you're you're existing in, in either place. Yeah. yeah. If you're so many people, they, they, they think happiness is dependent on what they have or, and it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Hey, Michael, as we're starting to, to wind down, where is the best place that people can support you, purchase your book, connect with you, find out? Because I know you're on a lot of different things, um, and I'll put all of your links in the show notes when this comes out and so people can follow you. Um, but where, where's the number one spot that we should send folks to support you? My website, um, www.mondayinyourmind.com. Uh, there's there's actually four principles that I developed that really explain the process of the attachment to I and the conditioned mind. That they're not in the book because I developed them after right. the book was out. Okay. And there are links to my WordPress blog on that website to over 2,000 of my articles. And also um, links to Amazon. And um, yeah, it's, it's really where... There's also you could uh, uh, request the the I re, re I went to twelve step programs when I was young, and what I did was is I reinterpreted the twelve steps to take out any substance or any god or anything like that, and I just put them in my own words, and that's chapter twelve in my book. It just so happened to be chapter twelve, right? And you can uh, request a free copy of that. And I, I send them out to people in a PDF file. So that would be the best place to start. And then you could, people could read the content of, of my, my writings and, and um, they can decide for themselves if, if my book's a tool, that's all it is. Yeah. If this is a tool that can help them. 
you know, I, some woman just asked me, you know, well, my friend wants to buy your book. I said, well, look, send it to my website. This is what I do for people. I don't say, okay, buy the book, here it is. Send them to my website and tell them to read the information on it. If, if it's a, something that they think will work for them, then by all means, buy the book. But first you have to make that connection that, well, yeah, I can get this. This, this will work in my life. Yeah. You know, because I'm not about selling books. I'm about helping people, really. Awesome. That's my main thing. Michael, thank you so much for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Um, I really just uh, wish all the uh, luck and success to you uh, for this book and the next one that you're going to write, because I know you're going to write another book. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and... Um, you know, as I said, we will have everything in the show notes for you, for you people. And please go to Michael's uh, site and support him. And uh, Michael, thanks so much once again. I just want to wish you all of God's blessings on your work uh, moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Nice meeting you. The Conditioned Mind. Stop allowing your mind to control you. Don't lose your true essence. Live in the present moment. You can't go to the beach and look at a past or future wave. It's right there in front of you. Make sure you stop by Michael's website, mondayinyourmind.com. Also share this broadcast with a friend, send it to somebody who needs it. And there are many people who need this. I hope you guys were digging this hour I spent with Michael. I sure did. Go over to his website, support him, and also go to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. If you haven't been there yet, you got to check out the singer-songwriters, the artists, the musical guests, the thought leaders that have been on that site. And there's people from all over the world to check in and support the artists on that site. That's what we put it up for. If you got a new book, if you got a new song, a new video, a new EP, do you have a photo shoot? Are you playing a gig somewhere? Are you speaking somewhere? Post your content on the Facebook Dharmic Evolution Community site and you will be supported by people all over the world who you never heard of. And if you're just digging the idea of supporting other artists, just go on there and do so. And make sure after you have your turkey, you stop by and say hello to me on Thanksgiving Day. Yes, the show comes out on Friday, but we're going to come out a day early. And I'm going to post a special Thanksgiving Day show um, just for you guys. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but it's going to be sensational. That's it for me today. That's a wrap. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.